This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. NSW, crime scene cleanup crew members of Ridiculous. What is your most disturbing story? I heard a story of a guy who cleans up bodies from people jumping in front of trains. In this one case they found a body with no head and couldn't for the life of them find the rest of it. In the autopsy room they saw a tuft of hair coming out of where the head should be and realized he hit the train head on and his head had caved into his chest through his neck. This is the only one that made me say Jesus Christ aloud. Not a cleanup crew but attend the scenes. An old gentleman had died in the bath. The top half of his body was all swollen and puffy, whereas his legs and lower torso and almost melted away, essentially created a horrendous soup casserole mix in the bath. The coroners had to sift through the bath to find his liver which had come out. During the post-mortem autopsy, his testicles were so swollen they had to prick them just to drain out all the liquid. I just hate the smell. It seems to stick on your clothes. You come back into the office and everyone can smell it on you. The smell sticking to you. I remember reading an article about a hospital orderly that got busted for necrophilia. His wife turned him in on suspicion cause he'd come home smelling. Gross. Not my experience, but a friend of the family who was a first responder, a teenage couple, boy and girl, were driving upwards of 100 miles per hour down a country road in Wisconsin at night. The male was driving and was wearing a seat belt. The female was the passenger and was not wearing a seat belt. The driver lost control and slammed into a tree. Our friend arrived first on the scene and found the teenage female had been thrown through the windshield and was in many pieces in the branches of the tree. The teenage male driver who was seat belted in was found nearly completely decapitated from his head to his body, with only a strip of neck flesh keeping his head attached. He had been driving so fast that the impact caused his seatbelt across his chest to nearly slice his head from his body. My little brother crashed into a tree as a suicide attempt at 100 miles per hour. He was pulled from his vehicle with the jaws of life but has little to no permanent damage. I hope he never forgets how lucky he is to be alive. I definitely won't. My dad's friend is a cop who works a rural area and loves to tell my dad about the fricked up stuff he's come across. One of them being the time he was sent to a call of a large group of people crying and coughing in an apartment. He gets there and it's a large group of family members there cleaning up the shotgun suicide of a relative. That's when I learned that it's sometimes up to the family of the departed to clean up after the death and it's not always people in hazmat suits. Unfortunately it's the majority of the time. Small towns don't have specialized crews for that. When I was in prison we would take classes like evades prevention, drug and alcohol substance abuse, etc. Well, there was one class where guest speakers, who were friends with the chaplain, who ran the classes, would come share some pretty life-changing experiences with the group. At least that was the idea. One morning, a guy comes in and he looks like a pretty normal dude. And he tells us as much too. Never been a drug addict, no problems with alcohol, had a family, nice job, and he was a volunteer EMT, or something similar to it. He was tasked with cleaning up car crashes most of time, so not crime scenes but some nully crap a lot of time. 
he continues on about how on a routine call he and another guy were cleaning up a serious car wreck. Someone wrapped their truck around a tree. The guest speaker was cleaning blood out of the passenger side floorboards when his hand slipped and he face planted in a puddle of blood. He knew immediately that he had it in his mouth and all over his face. I think some might have splashed in his eye, I forget honestly. Anyway, absolute worst case scenario ensues. The driver was HIV plus or some type of hepatitis, and he in turn becomes infected. His wife then freaking leaves him. She tells the kid's family her father is gay. They harass the crap out of this poor guy, and basically all around ruin this guy's life. Everyone in that room, in a prison mind you, knew that it could be worse when he finished telling us that. He stuck around and answered a few questions. Not that many were asked. That was it. No feel good stories. No happy endings. Sometimes life just freaking sucks. That's fricked up. Interning with the forensics unit. First real crime scene. Guy found out his boyfriend was cheating on him and flew into a jealous rage. Stabbed the guy to death with the handle of a frying pan. Chased him through the house and finished him off in the bathtub, where he stabbed him an estimated 200 additional times. His head was a ruin of pulp and bone shards. The guy I was working with tasked me with digging bits of skull from the drain with tweezers. To start off, this isn't my job but I can tell you for absolute certainty, I would never do it. My best friend and I just happened to be lucky enough to grow up together. When we were 18 we were both about to go our separate ways. I was joining the marines, he was attending university, however right before my ship date he surprised me by dropping out, and coming along, I wish he never had, when we got out we both seemed okay, he was his usual self, we both had hard times and confided in each other but other than that, totally normal, one day he begged me to go see a movie with him, the last witch hunter to be exact, we were both snobs for our boy Vinny D, the next morning he made us and his father breakfast, Walked out to his truck, and put a hollow .45 through his head. After the paramedics left, one of which was my current stepfather, it was now put onto someone to clean his truck. I have seen human brains before, but I've never felt them, and I'll never forget it either. Exactly like Jello, some of it mixed with fragments of skull and blood splatter all over the right side of his truck. I'll never forget holding his empty head in my hands. It was harrowing. For this reason alone I could never do this job, as having personal experience is enough for me to respect those that do it. I'm so sorry for your loss. So my mom used to do clean up for a certain teal and yellow cleaning company and was the only one certified to do hazmat. They did cleaning for the county sheriff's department and the one that stuck with her was in the back of a cruiser they had a rim head as they described him but he was so tweaked out of his mind he kept rubbing his face back and forth across the dividing glass and managed to wear his face off from ear to ear. I got to see the pictures of it before cleanup, nearly 10 years ago and it still haunts me to this day. I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how the heck that's even possible. Okay, not my story, but my former boss's. His wife is a mortician, and he does death scene cleanup on the side as a service of the funeral home. He said the worst thing he ever did was clean up after a homeless man snuck into an industrial building, climbed up to the top of a set of seldom used stairs and passed away. These stairs and the landings were just made up of metal grating. Maybe two weeks later, somebody notices the rancid smell, opens the door to the stairwell, and finds the remains of the man that had liquefied, and dripped down four stories of stairs. 
In Florida, bodies decompose real quick. We're talking a good stench within 48-72 hours. What no one's mentioned, I don't think, is that when you walk away from that smell, it doesn't matter because it's all you can smell for days. The smell gives me anxiety so I end up wearing so much goddamn perfume just so I can try to smell anything else and I always end up apologizing to my co-workers and or arrestees for the remainder of the shift. To combat the lingering dead flesh smell, tape a cotton ball doused in peppermint or eucalyptus oil under your nose. Another one in the shirt pocket works well. Police detective here. In a rural area a guy had passed away in his yard. In July, it was 8 days before someone found him. He was partially liquefied. There were flies everywhere and the stench was quite nasty. The knowing where this fly were before they landed on your face did not help. Had to shovel him in the bag with gas masks. For your information liquid people are quite toxic. I was a tow truck driver and the worst are motorcycle accidents usually. I've seen some really messed up car accidents but I've seen motorcycle accidents where the driver was spread out several dozen yards across pavement. Found a guy dead in his apartment. Had been there for weeks. We had to process the scene including rolling him over to take pics. Unfortunately, he was literally a dark green glob and was starting liquefy into the carpet and walls. Rolling him over was like grabbing a 320 pound ball of goo. Two gloves on each hand and still could feel everything. Also, if you die with your dogs in the room and enough time passes, they will literally eat exposed skin which is normally your face. So bad. Yeah, I remember ending up on our WTF by accident once, and the post I saw was of a woman who had died at home and her dog had chewed her face off. Does doing one on accident count? I used to do auto detailing in college for a car dealership. I was scrubbing the floor of a car and no matter what I did the water kept having a red tint to it. So I pulled the seats and found about an inch of dried crusted blood and what I can only guess was brain matter skull fragments. Turns out it was a suicide car that the dealership bought at auction. It had been detailed before being sold but they never pulled the seats. We called the cops to confirm it was all logged and shipped the car back to auction. The dealership lost their butt on it but wanted it as far away from their lot as possible. Hey, search and rescue personnel here. Working in LAS Vegas we see a ton of really messed up stuff. Chances are pretty high that if we're looking for a missing person we'll find an unrelated subject. Worst one was when we were deployed to find a female stuffed in a suitcase. After recovering the female in the suitcase, the coroner said it was the wrong female in a suitcase and we were sent back out to find the right one. I guess I should clarify, though we aren't a cleanup crew, we are often tasked with body recovery. The coroner's office does the packaging and law does the investigation. We then solemnly carry them out. Everyone needs to come home eventually. There's someone out there who cares for them. My dad used to be a coroner's assistant back in the late 70s early 80s and he has some pretty crazy stories. The one that always stuck out, and I think most responsible for his PTSD, was a car full of drunk teenagers on prom night struck by a train. He said the car ignited and he could smell them burning. They were barely identifiable and he had to help move their cooked bodies. These kids were about the same age as my older brothers at the time. Just hearing the story scared the crap out of me and I have never, and will never drive drunk. Funny paramedic story time. So a woman calls 999, says she thinks her father is dead. Call handler advises CPR but caller states it is too late. Crew arrives and paramedic approaches remote house. 
speaks to daughter, who is upset but advises she thinks it's too late. Paramedic enters property and finds what is effectively a skeleton in the kitchen laid on the floor. History's daughter is fairly estranged and lives overseas from her father, normally send Christmas cards and no other communication really. After two years of no cards, and him not answering the phone, she flies home and finds him dead in his home. I got this tale third hand on a bad job stories night shift chat, so cannot confirm if all details are 100% reliable, but it makes for a nice tale. It's so sad to think that that man was so alone. No one found him for two years. A friend of mine is a cop. He just told me of a guy they found dead in his kitchen. The stove and heater were on and he was naked. They assumed he was just cooking while naked. You know, how we all do from time to time. Can't remember how long he said he was dead for. When they lifted him up to turn him around, his dong had sort of melted to the kitchen floor. As they pulled him upwards, the dangling participle stretched off the floor like a rubber band and released, slingshotting back to the body. It sounded absolutely disgusting as he described it. TLDR. Melted dong stretched and slingshotted off kitchen floor. Police officer here. Attended a scene where a guy went to his ex's house, walked in, and murdered her as well as her mother and teenage son. It was clear from the scene that he had gone in with a rifle and shot the three, but that the son had attempted to crawl to a phone in the kitchen. He then went out to his car and grabbed his shotgun and pumped a slug through each of their heads before putting one inside his own head. The son was in high school and was well on his way to college football. His girlfriend was scheduled to also be at the house but had last minute issues with a family illness. Oh my god. That's so sad. I have cleaned up crime scenes for the last 15 years, so I have literally dozens of stories. 1. Had one where an older lady committed suicide by taping a plastic bag over her head and then handcuffing her hands behind her back, like the life of David Gale. She had a little dog that I guess she didn't want to be lonely, so she poisoned its water first. There were a few water bottles sitting on the counter, but one of them had a capital letter P written on the cap with Sharpie. I assume that this was the bottle she mixed the poison in. 2. One woman started her car in her garage and then climbed into the trunk. It was an older model without a safety release inside the trunk. By the time her family came looking for her, the car had run out of gas and the fumes had dissipated. It took them a while to find the body. The police and I figure that she had made the attempt before, but changed her mind, and by getting in the trunk she wouldn't be able to stop herself. 3. In an extended stay hotel, a guy slit his wrists in the bathtub. I found blood on the handle of the refrigerator, so of course I opened it. From the blood. It looks like he had made himself a hot dog before he died. I guess he got hungry after cutting his wrists. 4. On two separate occasions. I have found the left half of a nose from shotgun suicides, perfectly split down the middle. One of them had part of the upper lip and mustache still attached. 5. Kids are often some of the most disturbing. A 3 month old who was kicked to death after the mom had her throat slit. A 5 year old who got his head crushed in a townhouse elevator, etc. 6. A woman in government housing that died and her dog fed off of her for several days. There were bloody paw prints all over the house. On the windowsill and blinds where he barked at people passing by. And a trail leading to the toilet where he got water. 7. Another woman died and wasn't found for several days. But her 3-4 year old granddaughter and dog were still in the house. The granddaughter knew enough to pull the dog food bag out of the pantry to feed the dog. 
and was able to reach some crackers or something similar to feed herself. I could probably keep typing these out all day, but this is getting pretty long. I worked in CSI in Mexico. Once we went to a safe house where the police found 14 people who were tortured and executed. You could smell the iron from the entrance. Upon entering there were two women with broomsticks taped to the anus and the tea. In the upstairs bathroom they found a woman tied to the toilet, died of dehydration, had urinated and defecated on her for days. It was evident that they also violated her and beat her before turning her into a toilet. One of the rooms had five shackles on the wall and in the center a metal bucket with water. The five people died of hunger and from beatings. The sickest was in the backyard. In a warehouse without windows there were several bodies that had their faces and hands removed. It was like watching a horror movie. But that's the narco in these places. Excuse my bad English. This sort of brutality is just unfathomable to me. How could you bring yourself to even begin doing something like this, let alone see it through to completion? At that point it's no longer about drugs or money, you're just an absolute sick freak. It makes me sad that humanity is capable of this. There are some truly evil people out there. This is a third hand account but basically goes like this. Forensic cleaner is cleaning up a murder kitchen in a big house. The police return to the property midway through the cleanup. They silently somehow alert her to the fact that the suspect is still on the property, then make a show of leaving again but don't really. The cleaner calmly finishes off and leaves. The police find the guy in the air ducked with the murder weapon. He had been watching the cleaner the whole time. That is bone chilling, frick. My job puts me in touch with coroners from time to time, so here are a couple of stories coroners have told me. A woman killed herself in her own home using a complicated homemade mechanical setup she engineered herself, which resulted in a lot of blood spattered everywhere. Bless this woman's good heart and careful planning, because when she was found they discovered she had laid out everything on masses of waterproof sheeting so the cleanup team had an easier task. Nothing to stain the walls or floor because absolutely everything was covered in these plastic sheets, they were even pinned to the walls. Another story of a suicide by drowning, where upon examining the body, a ziplock bag was found tightly wrapped in a pocket with not only the suicide note but also 50 pounds cash and a note to the coast guard to apologize for the unpleasant task he had caused them and please to enjoy a drink on him as the last nice thing he could do for someone. I'm not a crime scene cleanup crew, but I did have to clean up my father's brains and blood from the room he killed himself in. The people basically just didn't do a thorough job. There were red streaks down the hallway walls from the blood soaked bed being taken out, and it's like they didn't have a ladder because the walls of the room were clean until nearly the roof then you could see splatters. I found a piece of rotted, I'm pretty sure, brain stuck to the top of the curtain rails. There was also a smell we believe was from the blood soaking into the wooden floors, so we had to have those floors replaced. This was relayed to me by a friend of mine who's a Riverside County Sheriff. He did a welfare check on an elderly woman who had passed away in her sleep, under an electric blanket, about 10 days before they found her, her skin peeled off with the blanket. The podcast The Cleaning of John Doe is very interesting. It's about a couple who cleans up crime scenes. Be careful though BC it's obviously disturbing material. A medical team witnessed a person wrapped in cloth with an electrode in his butt and the other electrode connected to a generator battery. The person was charred inside and his butt had melted and there was crap oozing out. 
I feel nauseous while typing this. The person was having some kind of kink play but I guess the partner wanted him dead. Kinda makes you wanna know where that fine line is between loving the electrical kink play and getting your butthole so fried that you die. My dad's friend used to work as ambulance medic and came across a motorcycle accident. The biker said he felt fine apart from his stomach hurt where he hit the handlebar. Well he undone his leather jacket and to their disbelief as soon as he opened the jacket out fell his intestines. Yes he died. My dad had to clean up a place, a murder-suicide. The dude spread his blood all over the place and had a projector screening a false movie cover of him and his wife called The Betrayal. I like. My dad used to attend suicides on the railway. People hit by trains at high speed. He said there would be bits everywhere. He shoveled them into bin bags. Usually took three bags. He said that birds would fly down and pick bits of flesh up and fly off with them to eat. I remember us once in a restaurant. My dad said I had this bloke's head on a shovel table next to us asking if he could keep it down please. It's always the kids. I work clean up in a big city and the worst one I came across was pretty recent. Guy killed his wife and two daughters with a shotgun. Having to go through the family home seeing photos of the family together. And then having to pick them up and clean it up. Nothing really messes with me anymore but this fricked me up. You have been visited by the party pug he just wants you to celebrate with him. Comment woohoo to celebrate with the party pug. Thanks for watching. If you are new to the channel, you can subscribe. I publish new videos every day. Until then, check another video. Or don't. Either way, have a great day you magnificent people. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.